39 would weep because of not having had a large family of his own, yet cursed the society and the church for whom his mother, like so many Irish mothers, was a cracked vessel for childbearing. In all she bore sixteen children. Some died in infancy, others in their early years, leaving her and her husband with a family of ten to provide for. Those haunted inkpots Joyce called his childhood homes, the twelve or thirteen addresses as their financial fate took a tumble. First, there was relative comfort and even traces of semi-grandeur. His mother, Miss May Murray, daughter of a Dublin wine merchant, first in singing, dancing, deportment and politeness, was a deeply religious girl and a lifelong member of the Sodality of Our Lady. She was a singer in the church choir, where her future and Rabelaisian husband John, ten years her senior, took a shine to her and set about courting her. His mother objected, regarding the Murrays as being of a lower order, but he was determined in his suit and even moved to the same street so as to be able to take her for walks. Courtships in Dublin were just that through the foggy streets under the yellowed lamps, along the canal or out the seashore, which James Joyce was to immortalise in his prose, cold light on sea, on sand, on boulders, and the speech of water slipping and slopping in the cups of rock. His father and mother had walked where he would walk as a young man, drifter and dreamer, who would in his fiction delineate each footstep, each bird call, each oval of sand, wet or dry, the seaweed, emerald and olive, set them down in a mirage of language that was at once real and transubstantiating, and would forever be known as Joyce's Dublin. His pride in this was such that he said if the Dublin of his time were to be destroyed, it could be reconstructed from his works. James Augustine Joyce was their second son, born February 2, 1882. An infant, John, had died at birth, causing John Joyce to indulge in a bit of bathos, saying, My life was buried with him. May Joyce said nothing. Deference to her husband was native to her, that and a fatality about life's vicissitudes. John Joyce's life was not buried with his first son. He was a lively, lusty man, and for many years his spirit and his humour prevailed. But sixteen pregnancies later, and almost as many house moves, impecunity, disappointments and children's deaths, did make for a broken household. His enmity toward his wife's family, and sometimes toward his wife herself, was vented at all hours. The name Murray stank in his nostrils whereas the name Joyce imparted a perfumed, tipsy sensation. Only the Joyce ancestry appeared in photographs, and the Joyce coat of arms was on proud display. He was a gifted man, a great tenor, a great raconteur, and one whose wit masked a desperate savagery. James, when young, was known as Sonny Jim, and being a favourite, he would steal out of the nursery and come down the stairs, shouting gleefully, I'm here! I'm here! By the time he was five, he was singing at their Sunday musical parties, and accompanying his parents to recitals in the Bray Boat Club. By then, too, he was wearing glasses, because of being near-sighted. That he loved his mother, then, is abundantly clear, 
identifying her with the Virgin Mary, steeped as he was in the ritual and precepts of the Catholic Church. She was such a pious woman that she trusted her confessor more than any member of her own family. She was possessive of Sonny Jim, warning him not to mix with rough boys, and even disapproving of a valentine note which a young girl, Eileen Vance, had sent to him when he was six. Oh, Jimmy Joyce, you are my darling. You are my looking-glass from night till morning. I'd rather have you without one farthing than Harry Newall and his ass and garden. His mother, with her nicer smell than his father, was the object of his accumulated tenderness, and when he was parting from her, he pretended not to see the tears under her veil. Chapter 2 Jesuits The grim stone castle of Clongow's Wood College was where he was enrolled at the age of half-past six. His father, wanting the finest education for his little prodigy, sent him to the Jesuits, where older boys ragged him as to whether he had kissed his mother before he fell asleep. Admitting to it, he saw his mistake and henceforth denied it. The Jesuits, he called in his adult life, a heartless order that bears the name of Jesus by antiphrasis. Yet his indoctrination from them he thought invaluable. A photograph, the day he left home, shows James, in little Lord Fauntleroy outfit, kneeling by his mother, who was flanked by her husband and her father, two men inimical to one another, John Joyce calling the father the old fornicator, because he had been married twice, and the father, observing his quiet daughter becoming worn down with a pregnancy each year, infants to nurse and siblings to take care of, Soon the reports were that James spent more time in the infirmary than in the classroom, and to make his yearning all the worse, he suffered an injustice which he never forgot and never forgave. Forgiveness was anathema to him. A boy had snatched his glasses and stood on them, but a priest believed that Joyce had done it himself to avoid lessons and gave him a pandying. He did not show his tears in public, but at night he wept, fearing that he would die before his mother came to get him. He wrote a hymn to the two mothers, the earthly and the celestial one. As an altar boy, the ritual and liturgy of the Catholic Church engendered a kind of ecstasy in him, and the Virgin Mother in her tower of ivory was the creature he adored. Church had all the pageantry of theatre, until he became aware of the scarifying sermons which inhuman prelates boomed out, gloating in their versions of punishment and their seething visions of hell. He absorbed it all, remembered it all, and transcribed it into the languid and lacerating autobiographical novel, A Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. But the fear was so ingrained in him that he used to envisage death creeping from his extremities, in the same way as Socrates had observed the flow of the hemlock, the bright centres of the brain extinguished one by one just like lamps, the soul's confrontation with God, and then the designation for all time, heaven, purgatory, or hell. His stay there lasted just over three years, and he left abruptly through lack of funds. So it was home to an even smaller house, 
where for months he tutored himself, wrote poetry, and began a novel which has vanished without trace. The stint with the Christian brothers, and then to Belvedere College, another Jesuit school, a Jesuit for life, a Jesuit for diplomacy, as he put it. But already, from the mother he so loved, he was distancing himself. When making his confirmation at Clongowes and being allowed to choose a saint's name, he chose Aloysius, the saint who, in imitation of Pascal, would not allow his mother to embrace him because he feared contact with women. In his new school, James excelled at lessons and won prizes for the best English compositions. The money helped to buy clothes and food for the needy family, and even allowed for little trips to the theatre. It was supposed that he would be a priest. So devout was he that he would stay on after Mass to have his private deliberations with God. His mother would boil rice, especially for him, because of his studiousness. When the family went picnicking to House or the Bull Wall at Clontarf, he would bring little notebooks with summaries of history or literature, lists of French and Latin words, and while the other children swam, he would set himself tests and get his mother to examine him. The priests who taught him recognized that he had a plethora of ideas in his head, one priest predicting that Gussie would be a writer. The transition he underwent in just a few years has all the determination of a samurai. He went from childlike tenderness to a scathing indifference, from craven piety to doubt and rebellion. His first sexual arousal happened when he was twelve, and walking home with a young nurse who told him to turn away while she urinated, the sound of this was an excitement to him. A year later he was stopped by a...